Happy New Year, and welcome to the Radio Gaga podcast. I'm your host, Justine Pajowski. Today's episode is a special one. We are about to mark the one-year anniversary of Radio Gaga, so this will be more of a variety show. First, I'll talk about why I started this whole thing in the first place, as well as some of my favorite moments from last year. Also in my first year, I started to build a little community of music fans, many of you who have so kindly recommended new music to me. I've listened to every one of your recommendations, so thank you to everybody who sent those in. Today, I'm going to pick a few and do some mini-reviews in this episode. If you have an artist or album recommendation for me, I always love listening to them. Send me a DM on Instagram at Radio Gaga Podcast or head over to RadioGagaBlog.com and go to the contact page. Lastly, I'm way too excited about some of my upcoming episodes to keep them to myself, so I'm sharing a big sneak peek at what you can expect on the podcast coming up in the next few months. Here we go. So around this time last year, before I started Radio Gaga, I was having, you know, just your basic run-of-the-mill existential crisis. I was talking to my husband DJ, and he so sweetly navigated his way through a bunch of my confusing rhetorical questions and stress. When I finally made my point and got to what was really bothering me, it was the fact that I felt like I was pretty okay at some things, but not an expert at one thing. As so many people do, I grew up being involved in everything. Choir, piano, band, marching band, jazz band, pep band, garage bands, theater, volunteering, 4-H, and even sports. I was a busy kid. As I grew up, I realized I had no athletic talent whatsoever, so sports was obviously the first thing to go. I spent most of high school involved in music groups. Then in college, I was in a couple bands here and there, but For the most part, I was on my own. I started teaching myself guitar and playing songs in my dorm room, but overall there was a lot less music in my life because I was focused on education. When I graduated college and went out into the working world, there was again this whole new set of skills I developed. I worked in golf. I worked in PR. I owned my own wedding planning business for a while. I worked for a florist. I became a personal assistant, which is my job now. And I'm so thankful for all these skills, but it was this time last year that everything I had done my whole life, all my experiences, felt so scattered. I felt like my ability to keep all those skills at the level I wished I could was impossible. I was the phrase, jack of all trades, master of none, personified, and I didn't like it. So I gave it a lot of thought for the first few days of the new year. What made me happiest? Where do I feel most at home? Where can I be of help to people? What would I want to become an expert at? And what it boiled down to is, I realized I love studying things in depth. I was kind of a nerd in school and I loved learning, I still do. And while I can't afford to go to grad school right now and don't really have a reason to, I think if I could spend time really researching a topic and constantly learning about it every day, That would make me feel more centered. I've also been a musician and a music fan my entire life. It's always been a part of who I am. So I decided to start researching music. 
And because I like things really compartmentalized and very organized, I decided I'd research one full album at a time. But I also needed an end goal of some kind. I'm a very assignment-oriented person, so just doing a bunch of nebulous research without any kind of goal for myself wasn't realistic. So DJ suggested journaling about each album. I've tried journaling in the past, and it never seems to stick. I don't have a diary or a journal or anything like that. I think it's because there's no accountability. I'm not really the kind of person who will write just to write. I was actually just listening to an awesome new podcast called Broken Record with Malcolm Gladwell and producer Rick Rubin, and Gladwell makes the very relatable point that it takes a special kind of person to be a producer. Someone who is cool with seeing hundreds of songs on the cutting room floor. Written and fully recorded songs just out the window. Gladwell, on the other hand, likes knowing that every sentence he writes will end up being published and seen. I'm for sure in the Gladwell camp. I don't get motivated to write if I know the only person who will know about it is me. So DJ said, why don't you start a blog? That way you can write everything somewhere and just send the link to whoever you want to read it. It was a journal of sorts, but shareable. I don't want to be a blogger, necessarily, but it seemed like a good way to just share it with a couple of people and keep me accountable. I was in. Trying to decide on a name for my website, I thought back to songs that talked about music. One of the first that came to mind was the song Radio Gaga by Queen. The song tells the tale of an old radio. At first, everyone is enamored by it. The radio is the only way they get their music, news, and entertainment. But that all changes with the invention of video. All of a sudden, people hardly bother to use their ears at all. They're glued to moving pictures and music videos rather than really listening to the music itself. But by the end, the narrator is optimistic that radio will still be here when we all realize we just want to listen again. Getting inspiration from that song, I decided I'd listen to one album every day with no other distractions. I would turn my phone off, close my laptop, and just be there with the music really intentionally. Knowing how distracted I had felt lately, this was an environment that forced me to be alone with my thoughts something that's inherently really uncomfortable for a lot of us. So last January, I started Radio Gaga as a blog. I listened to one album every day. It might have been one I was already obsessed with or one I had never heard before. But I would listen and give it my full attention, then write a short blog post with a bit of background on the artist, what my favorite song was, what I liked and didn't like, etc. The reason this activity actually stuck with me versus just journaling was that I knew at least three people were reading my posts. My mom, my dad, and DJ. As the weeks went on and I kept writing posts, they convinced me that more people would enjoy reading what I was writing. So they started sharing with people, and those people started sharing with more people, and I kept getting more and more readers consistently coming to my site. Looking back now, compared to the weekly podcasts, 
Those daily blog posts are kind of weird for me to read because they're so much less detailed than the podcasts. But at the time, writing those really short snippets was serving a pretty specific purpose for me. I do have a full-time job outside of Radio Gaga, so in order to make the time I needed to fully listen to an album and write a blog post, I would get up really, really early in the morning. I'd make a cup of coffee, turn on a lamp in my living room as it was usually still dark out, and I'd start my day with an album. It became such a good way to wake up. Some of the posts took me a really long time to write, and some not so much. But I felt like I was working toward that goal of becoming an expert at something, one blog post at a time. I was becoming a better music fan just like I wanted to. Last summer, with the encouragement of friends and family, the Radio Gaga podcast was born. It's just a better way of getting you music clips, audio from interviews, and more in-depth research. The timing worked out well to have my 100th post on RadioGagaBlog.com be my first podcast episode, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. been full steam ahead ever since. I had some amazing guests on the podcast last year and some great moments. I think the universe has a way of showing you that you're in the right place or at least headed in the right direction if you're open to receiving it. I had one of those moments just a few months ago when I interviewed Micah Brown of the band Iration backstage at their headlining show in St. Augustine, Florida. St. Augustine is a pretty quick drive for me, and Micah and I had gotten connected through my husband DJ. So we decided that when they came to town, I'd drive down and we would chat about an album he had listened to a lot recently, Kings of Leon's Walls. The best time for Micah was right before his sound check at the venue, so we sat down in the quietest room we could find. You might be able to hear some of this in that episode, but all throughout our conversation, their drummer was doing his sound check on stage. The thump thump, thump of his bass hit me right in the chest as Micah and I talked, and honest to God, it made me feel calmer. That and the dusty backstage smell and the crew in all black running around setting things up, I don't know. It just felt really familiar and kind of like I was in the right place that day. I felt a little like a rock journalist or something. Not to mention, Micah was completely kind and so accommodating to make time before a show. I came back to the concert later that night with some friends, and it was such a blast. Seeing Weezer live in concert was an experience, too. The opportunity popped up right after I posted that episode to go see them in Orlando. So DJ and I drove down. This isn't meant to sound dramatic, but it was sort of this, like, out-of-body experience being there by the stage, looking up at this man I had so intently researched for the past month. I read biographies and visited every website I could, watched performances on YouTube, scrolled fan threads, pondered theories, and there Rivers Cuomo was, for the first time, actually in person. And I was kind of close to the stage, so he wasn't that far from me. I know it sounds obvious, but it was just a weird moment and kind of validating in a strange way. Another really memorable moment for me last year was my conversation with Kelly on the Casey Musgraves episode. 
That's one I'll hold really close to my heart for a long time. It's one of my longer episodes, but we talked for more than an hour even beyond what you heard. Unbeknownst to either of us, talking about that album together ended up becoming kind of a big moment in our friendship. It felt like one of those talks where you crack a new layer open with someone, where you both start feeling more comfortable and vulnerable around the other person. I have a hard time doing that on my own, so to have music be the catalyst for that really made an impact on me. We talk in the podcast about how we're both dying to see Casey in concert one day, and now we're going! Not long after I posted that episode, Casey added a tour date that Kelly and I were both available for. So we got tickets and we're seeing her in March. My year was filled with great memories and great interviews. Thank you to everyone who was a guest on the pod this year. Kelly Hawkins, Ryan Young, Micah Brown, DJ, Kevin Van Valkenburg, John McNamara, Phil Landis, Neil Schuster, Kaylee Labor, Hannah Hawkins, and my dad, David. Let's get into some mini reviews of your recommended albums. First up, Mike Kesh on Instagram suggested I listen to RX Bandits and that they have a wide range of albums from the 90s through 2014. So I chose the 2006 album and The Battle Begun. began as the Pharmaceutical Bandits, and in the late 90s were a part of the third wave ska that I talked about in the No Doubt episode. I'm surprised I didn't listen to these guys more back when I was in my super pop punk phase. I think I'd probably heard of them, but unfairly didn't give them my time as I wasn't really into ska as much. I wish I would have, and glad I know about them now. And the Battle Begun was really enjoyable. RX Bandits seem like such a versatile group. After listening to And the Battle Begun, as well as some of their earlier and later albums, you realize that while they allowed themselves to change and evolve out of the ska genre, there was always a connecting piece, that identifiable sound that is hard for a lot of niche bands to keep intact over such a long period of time. They have certainly made it out of the ska genre with flying colors. I love the little progressive rock breakdown in the middle of the title track. I hear these tight drums and keyboards and fun time signatures all throughout this album, a lot of which kind of remind me of one of my favorite modern prog bands, Humphreys McGee. Uh-huh. 
Star Expanded's frontman Matt Embry's voice adjusts for the mood, floating effortlessly over sharper instrumentals, then turning around and giving us grit when the music calls for it. Really, really fun to listen to. Side note, kind of off topic, but another recommendation from that same person. Mike also suggested I watch Weezer's 1995 performance of Say It Ain't So on David Letterman. Rivers Cuomo is wearing gigantic pants to cover up his brace from his leg surgery, and his cane is on his mic stand. I had never seen that before, and it totally blew my mind. Okay, our second mini album review today was one that was recommended to me by Haley Hill on Instagram, and that is Harry Styles' self-titled debut album. Just stop you crying, it's a sign of the times. Welcome to the final show. Hope you're wearing your best clothes. Can't bribe the door on your way to the sky You look pretty good down here But you ain't really good We never learned we've been here before Harry Styles is a British singer-songwriter who made his debut on the British music competition series The X Factor in 2010. He and four other contestants were brought together to form the boy band One Direction, who you might remember basically took over the world for a little while in the early 2010s. After selling nearly 50 million records in just a few short years, the group disbanded in 2016 so its members could pursue solo projects. Each of the five original members of One Direction went on to start successful solo careers, but in my opinion, the best debut of them all is Harry Styles' self-titled. I'm glad Haley recommended this one to me because otherwise, I very honestly might have overlooked it. I never listened to One Direction and didn't really have a reason to listen to any of the guy's solo albums, but I really enjoyed the journey it took me on. And Harry Styles was a clear standout. His music is challenging and emotional and far surpasses just your average former boy band member solo album. He's a great artist, a great songwriter in his own right. I hear inspiration from Pink Floyd in Meet Me in the Hallway, Freddie Mercury slash Bowie in songs like Sign of the Times and Kiwi, a little Badfinger riff in Ever Since New York, and so many more clear influences like the Beatles and Rolling Stones throughout this album. Styles has also said one of his lyrical inspirations is Harry Nilsson, which is such a breath of fresh air. I think by album number two, Styles will have his voice as an artist even more dialed in. I highly recommend checking this album out and am very, very excited to see what he comes out with next. Next up, 
Dante Lima on Instagram recommended I listen to Phosphorescence 2013 album, Muchacho, as he suggested it might make up for a lot of the shortcomings I discussed on the Bon Iver podcast. is the stage name of Nashville-based singer-songwriter Matthew Houck. Muchacho, his sixth studio album, was written after he was forced to move out of his place in New York due to rezoning and subsequently losing his girlfriend after going on the road to perform with drugs and booze getting involved. See the cage call. I said, come on in. I will not open myself up this way. Hauk decided he needed to reset, so he took a trip to Tulum, Mexico, unsure when he would write another album or if he would even continue on as phosphorescent. While he was in Mexico, he remembered a Pablo Neruda line that used the word muchacho, which means boy in Spanish. As he tried to untangle everything that was keeping him down, he kept thinking to himself, you better handle it. This is how it is, muchacho. This album feels so warm at the same time as your chilly heart breaks along with his. Muchacho's tune is so special with its dreamy mariachi horns. I also love A New Anadonia, The Quotidian Beasts, and Song for Zula. You come to see. You just stand there in the glass looking at me. But my I think Dante was right in recommending this as a follow-up to what I feel like Bon Iver is lacking. Muchacho has feeling. It makes me think. And Hauk uses his voice as both a powerful instrument and a more reserved background effect at just the right moments. Highly recommend Muchacho, and I greatly appreciated that recommendation. Okay, last one for today. JT Wills on Instagram recommended the Charleston, South Carolina-based band Susto. I listened to their 2017 album, And I'm Fine Today. In 
Latin American cultures, the word susto describes an intense fear as a condition of the soul, basically one long spiritual panic attack. Leader Justin Osborne chose that word because that deep fright was something he had been experiencing at the time. Shortly before starting Susto, Osborne had been trying for years to get on the map as a musician. He was burned out, and after playing a farewell show with his former band, decided he would move to Cuba for a study abroad opportunity. He figured at this point, music was not going to be a part of his life anymore, but he set up a website for demos that he couldn't bear to say goodbye to. However, he met so many friends and colleagues in Cuba who could see Susto for what it was. They told him he had to go back to the States and see where music took him. He was re-energized, and the new project was born. I listened to And I'm Fine Today a lot when I was in Hawaii this past fall, and it was delightful. I had never listened to Susto before, but I'm really glad I did. I love everything from the big strings on Far Out Feeling all the way to the easier going moments and groovier pockets like Mountaintop and Jaw Works. The harmonies are really pretty and the whole album is just good, groovy Americana with a little cosmic edge. I'd highly recommend And I'm Fine Today, especially if you like bands like Wilco or Band of Horses. I really enjoyed it and I loved his songwriting. A few months ago, I had a couple requests to give you a little more of a heads up on what episodes were coming up, so I've tried to update Instagram stories more often. Are you guys liking where I give a clue and you have to try and guess the next album for the following week? I think that's a good way to let you know the next, next episode, but if you'd like more of a heads up, like a few weeks in advance, I can try and brainstorm some other ideas to announce upcoming episodes. Let me know on Instagram DM at Radio Gaga Podcast or head over to RadioGagaBlog.com and send me a note through the contact page. I can give you a general preview now of at least some of the episodes you'll hear over the next couple of months. After listening to the Sturgill Simpson episode with my guest Kevin Van Valkenburg, a lot of you have requested that we follow through with doing that Jason Isbell album together, so we're doing it. We're going to chat about his 2013 album, Southeastern. That one will be coming out probably sometime in February. I also recorded an episode with my brother over Thanksgiving that was all about King Crimson's In the Court of the Crimson King. So I'm very excited to get that one to you soon as well. Oh, on which the prophets wrote is cracking at the I also have more song stories headed your way. I have two episodes on tap, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen and Tiny Dancer by Elton John. If you have any other songs that you'd like to know more about, send me a DM at Radio Gaga Podcast on Instagram.
More episodes similar to my backmasking episode are also coming up, including the science behind why songs get stuck in our heads and what it is that makes music sound scary. You also asked for an episode on Brand New, one on The Kinks, My Bloody Valentine, Bastille, an episode on the friendship between Chris Cornell and Eddie Vedder, and so many more that I can't wait to cover. I'm also going to be doing more heavy hitters, including The Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Yes, Rush, Michael Jackson, that's all coming. I'm so excited. Those require a lot more books from the library and a lot more documentaries to watch, but rest assured, I'm not shying away from those. I've received so many great episode ideas from you guys. D. Roth PGA had a great idea for me on Instagram, do an entire episode on music sampling. The modern sampling of older songs is so much more prevalent than I think we all realize, so I'm definitely going to do that one. Also, I don't know if you saw on Instagram stories, but I watched a documentary on the Roland 808 drum machine, and it is so interesting how much of an impact that one machine has made on the entire industry. I'm also a huge instrument nerd, so if you guys think it would be interesting, I would love to do an episode on unique instruments being used in modern music. For example, the didgeridoo, the mellotron, and my absolute favorite, the theremin. As always, DM me or find the contact page at radiogagablog.com with any other feedback you have, album ideas, or just music-related stuff you want to learn more about. Thank you so much to every single one of you who's listening to this right now. I wish I knew all of your names so I could say thank you personally. 2018 was a huge year of transition and change for a lot of us both good and bad. And in the mess and the busyness of everyday life, it's easy to get so overwhelmed, so worn down, unmotivated in our jobs, saddened and helpless when we read the news. And we forget that in priding ourselves on not being judgmental people, we judge ourselves the hardest of all. That was me all last year. I didn't speak kindly to myself. All year long, I treated my own mind and my own body like a nemesis. And a lot of that had to do with guilt about my sense of identity. I'm 30 now, and I have no idea what my greater purpose is in the world. Who am I? What do I like? What do people think of me? How do I feel better? I'm fairly smart and resourceful, so why can't I figure any of this out on my own? I had no idea. I felt lost. It's New Year's Day. And as much as our culture and ad campaigns and local gyms would like us to feel like this is a magic day where everything starts fresh, in reality, it's no different than the other days we have in the year. I don't feel that different today. Like most other people, I still have a lot of unanswered questions that snuck their way through last night's ball drop and champagne toast. There's a lot of soul searching I need to do this year and I'm ready for that. But I feel like through music, Through all the research and learning and listening I did last year and continue to do for Radio Gaga, 
I at least feel like I'm headed in the right direction. I feel like I know myself just that much better now. Not just as a music fan, but as a person. Turns out, I needed music last year more than I realized at the time. Instead of half-heartedly binge-watching Netflix to fill my free time, as I would have done, I started relying on research and reading and writing instead. During dark times, where anxiety cast a dark cloud over my life, I listened to music. During happy moments goofing off with my friends, I listened to music. And while Radio Gaga is serving its initial purpose of making myself a better music fan, I am thrilled that it's helping more people realize that about themselves too. I've gotten feedback of all kinds. Some of you have felt an even deeper connection with an album you already love, or you listened to a new album because you heard it on this podcast, or you impressed a friend with a random fact you learned on one of these episodes. I just, I hope you know how much I appreciate that. Thanks for listening, and here's to all the good things to come for all of us in 2019. Thank you.